my friends, I want to talk to you and start my lecture with a quote. And that is by Robert Sternberg at Cornell University. He says that our education system is not designed to teach us to think in a way that is useful for the rest of life. And he says that the tests that we use, the SATs, uh, SATs or the A-levels in England or whatever else you might see, they are very modest predictors of anything besides school grades. And he continues to say, he says, you see people, therefore, who get very good grades and then they suck at leadership. They are very bad leaders. They are good technicians with no common sense and no ethics. They get to be the president or vice president of corporations and societies, but they are massively incompetent. Now, I don't think I need to give you examples or name any names. We all know the world that we are looking at and whether we like to accept it or not. This, I think, is a very good definition of the world that we find ourselves in. And the root cause of that is our education system. I believe that our education system needs to teach only five things. Only five things. One, most important, ethics and values and manners. I'm com combining all these three into one. Ethics, values, manners. Second one is literacy, how to read and write. Third one is numeracy, dealing with numbers. I'm not talking about advanced mathematics and calculus and algebra. I'm talking about just dealing and understanding numbers and their basic applications. Number four is curiosity. And number five is imagination. And the, and, the, and, the, and the fundamental basis of all this must be kindness and compassion. So on, the, on a basis of kindness and compassion, five things, which is ethics and values, literacy, numeracy, uh, curiosity and imagination. It's, as long as our education covers these, I think our education would be perfect. The unfortunate thing is that our education as it stands does not cover any of these. We do a little bit of numeracy and literacy, but the rest of it, curiosity, imagination is killed, kindness and compassion doesn't come into the picture, values and manners are completely absent. And that is why we have the society we have. So what must change? In one word, everything, everything. The problem with our education system is not that it has failed. The problem with our education system is that it is extremely and hugely successful to prepare us for a world that no longer exists. It is hugely and, 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 and enormously successful in creating the kind of people we do not need. And we are the, we are the reason for it. Now, let me give you, since the, since the, title of this uh, lecture is uh, Industrial Re uh, Revolution to Artificial Intelligence. Let me give you a, uh, a sketch of that. Uh, but before I go there, let me tell you, this lecture is not about artificial intelligence. So if you are looking for me to give you explanations about what is artificial intelligence and its applications and so on and so forth, I'm not going to do that. In the Q&A session, you can ask me some questions then. Uh, to the best of my knowledge and purpose, I will answer them. But my focus always in this lecture, as well as in my whole work, is in the application of knowledge. It is not in just talking about any branch of knowledge. Now, let's look at the Industrial Revolution. We're looking at the 1720s, 1740s. What did it change? 
if anybody of you, if anyone of you thinks that the industrial revolution was about different ways of manufacture, it was about mass production of production of goods, it was about the assembly line system, uh, it was about factories and so on. Yes, you are right, but that's only a minuscule part of what the industrial revolution actually did. The industrial revolution changed the complete. It changed the complete way of life. One entire generation literally went into the ground to create a new world. Now, what was before the Industrial Revolution and what did it change? We had, by and large, globally, we had agrarian societies. We had societies which were agriculture based. Now, what is the difference? What happens in an agrarian society? Parenting in an agrarian society. Parents are also the teachers. Children know literally what parents do. They see their parents working. The, the, the little boys, they go to the field with the father. They plow the fields with the father. They run around, do little errands and so on and so forth. The little girls, they work at home with the mother, uh, also with domestic cattle and chickens and so on around the house. They learn the skills of homemaking. They learn the skills of, of raising children. Uh, they learn uh, skills of uh, related to the house and to the family. So children know what the parents do. They understand parents parents work, uh, they work with parents uh, and because and that's important because this is a legacy. Children are expected to carry on this work after their parents. The sons will till the same soil that their father stilled and the father stilled the same soil that their grandfather stilled and so on and so forth. And so therefore they had to learn these things and they learned these things. They saw the parents at work. Parents therefore became their mentors, their teachers. They were hugely respected. They were role models. Uh, parents' experience mattered. A father could sit with a son and say, you know, when I was your age, this is what I did and it worked for me. So you should also do the same thing. And that statement actually made sense. Uh, so their experience mattered. They imparted life skills. They taught manners. They taught culture and customs and morals and ethics according to their culture and custom. They taught them religion and they taught them their value system. Now, all of these parents did and they didn't do that. In, they didn't have value system classes. This happened during the course of their normal way of life. As a result, parents had huge moral authority. For example, parents were the key decision makers to decide who a child would marry. Yes, children married with their, out of their own choice and sometimes they married outside their family, outside their community and so on. But these were exceptions. The, the, the vast majority of the rule was that parents decided who you would marry. Uh, and without the parents' blessing, without the parents' permission, you did not marry somebody, no matter if you were in love with that person or not. I'm trying to uh, sum things up very quickly. I can talk at, at length about all this, but I don't think that's very important just now. So let's let's keep to that. Um, another interesting thing was because in agrarian societies, you by and large lived and died in your own village. Children were not exposed to alien values. They were not exposed to people of different races, uh, different cultures or different religions. You stayed in your community. You stayed in your religious group. You stayed in your cultural group. And that is how uh, you you uh, lived your life. Um, joint families were the norm, uh, irrespective of which part of the world you lived in. They were the norm, and joint families created a they created a collected a collective uh, support system for raising uh, children and taking care of each other 
including elders. Uh, elders were taken, taken care of in the joint family. Everyone had a role. And even though you might have become old, you might have become, you might, you might have, be, have now limited mobility or very little mobility, you still had a role. Uh, you had, uh, you had, you had gravitas, you had uh, presence, uh, you, you were valued, you were hugely respected. If nothing else, then people just came to you for your blessing, for your ashirwad, for your, for your, your dua. Uh, and they, they didn't just discard you. You want some, you know, uh, useless piece of uh, furniture to be thrown in the garbage. You were hugely respected as an elder of the family. Um, therefore, uh, being connected, connectedness, kindness, compassion, respect, honoring elders, these were all part of the system and they continue to be part of a system in an agrarian economy, in an agrarian culture. Uh, to this day, the the number of cultures has come down across the world, and we are going to. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But anywhere where there is an agrarian society, you will see all that I have told you. In an industrial society, on the other hand, and this is what happened with the industrial revolution when it started. The the thing that happened was that the industrial revolution created this image of this uh, glorious world where you could go and work in a factory and you would make within quotes enormous amounts of money so the 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 the, the draw was that now you might say well why did people leave their their villages and their uh, farms to go and work for example why did they leave, leave Iowa and go and work in Detroit uh, in the United States or uh, similar similar kinds of movements in the UK and so on. Uh, why did they do that? The main thing was that they were, they, this dream was sold to them, that you are going to be enormously happy, uh, you will have a better lifestyle, you are going to have more money, and you can do whatever you want and fulfill all your desires and blah, blah, blah. And that's what happened and people left. Along with that, of course, came the Great Depression. There was uh, there was a lack of uh, you know the, the, the markets for agriculture produce. So all of this, everything sort of factored in. Now, when people got to those places, uh, they mostly, by and large, and, and almost everybody who came there as workers, they all lived in shanty towns. They lived in little shacks, uh, miserable lifestyle, but they made money. Now, they went to factories. In the, in the agrarian economy, the day began when the sun rose, the day ended when the sun set, but in a, fa in a factory, the day begins when the shift begins and the day ends when the shift ends. So, if your shift begins, if you are on a 10-hour uh, or 12-hour, 2, 2 a.m. to 2 p.m. shift, then your shift begins, your day begins at 2 a.m. in the night and your day, your night begins at 2 p.m. in the afternoon, right? So, this is what happened. Um, so, Parents, both parents went to work and this also brought in a change in fashion and change in the way people dressed. The, the, the women's dress changed, not because of any uh, fashion as in attraction, but because of the need to work close to machines in factories. So women who used to wear long robes, they used to wear long dresses uh, and so forth. Uh, they started, they, they had to wear uh, trousers, they had to wear clothes which were clinging to the body because they, clothes of that kind are safer around machines rather than long flowing uh, robes. So anyway, the long and short of it is that both parents went to work. Now, if, if both parents go to work, uh, then who takes care of children? And the answer to that was given was, yes, uh, that is the reason why you have schools. And this is where uh, our schooling system, as we know, 
came into being where because both parents are away at work parents are earning money to pay for the children so now you get you, you collect all the children who are now within courts uh for a part of the day they are literally like orphans they have no parents you put them all together into one school room and you have one adult look after 30 40 50 60 children and this is what you have in in, in by and large in the school systems uh, across the world which you have one teacher who is looking after many children rather than one mother looking after two children three children four children and in the evening the father also comes and 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 even in the during the day uh, the, the boys go to work with the father the girls stay with the mother so even in the day uh, even though they are working the the burden or the role of child rearing is shared by both parents in the industrial revolution uh, time of the industrial revolution this didn't happen in this time both parents went to work and children were uh, handed over to a stranger uh, to be taken care of now also what happened was because parents go to work in factories children are not allowed so children do not know what the parents do and then it gets to a point where children don't really care uh, the pair, they are only interested in the fact that, that parents are there to pay for their needs and as long as the money is being provided the children really don't care what the parents are doing just think about people today who work in factories which are critic, which are creating weapons of mass destruction uh, the people who are working in those factories know exactly what they are producing they know what it does Right, their children know what the father is, where the father is working, and what he does. Does anybody care? Because at the end of the day, uh, that thing which you are producing, those weapons of mass destruction, are going to be destroying somebody just like yourself in some other country. But you don't care. You still go to work because you're making money, and that's all that matters. And that's that's what the industrial revolution brought us. And I'm I'm pointing to that uh, to show how people's values and ethics and morals got affected. Uh, parents also got this mindset where parents think that just throwing enough money at their children and in our world today that throwing money includes throwing uh, includes throwing gadgets uh, that is the cure of all evils and it fulfills all needs so as long as i'm giving my children enough gadgets and i'm throwing enough money uh, that is the meaning of child rearing and my job is over joint families broke up uh, and then, therefore, with that, the sense of responsibility for others, uh, including taking care of others, including taking care of your own parents. So this circle came full circle where the children didn't really care what the parents did. And the end of the day, parents didn't care what the children did. And we resulted in what we see today, which is that parents are farmed off somewhere to some uh, nursing home or some place. And sometimes they are completely abandoned. Uh, so this is this uh, happened because of the breakup of the joint family system. Now the teacher, for example, in in, in uh, not example, the teacher in this case, uh, who was the teacher? The teacher was anybody. So the teacher was a, definitely a stranger, uh, could be from a different culture, different race, different religion, uh, different value system. And also in the class, the children were now exposed to other children, which unlike in their agrarian communities, now they are living in a big city. In a big city, people come from all over the place. So the children in the schools, in the classes are coming also from very different backgrounds, value systems, culture, manners, so on and so forth. And so there is a huge amount of diversity in the environment of the children, uh, which exposes them to all kinds of new um, new uh, new new um, 
influences without necessarily the tools of dealing with those new in, new influences so either they deal with the new influence uh, with hostility and they reject it and they see it as good and bad they see it as negative so if i'm white i see black children as bad if i'm black i see white children as bad uh, if i uh, if i'm vegetarian i see people eating meat as dirty if i'm if i'm meat eating then i see people who are vegetarian as something is wrong with them and so on and so forth so either we got into this dichotomous uh, way of looking at things uh, of looking at everyone uh, different from me as bad and evil or we got influenced by that and we changed our own value systems so today when we look at this now this is the difference between the agrarian economy and the industrial revolution post industrial revolution and industrial revolution uh, societies not economies now today we are in the middle of another revolution which is further dividing us and further isolating us and in the middle of that revolution came covid so now it's not just a question of the technological revolution the knowledge revolution uh, you know ai artificial intelligence neural networks machine learning data mining it's not only all about all of that but it's also to add to that nice uh, part uh, of masala we now also have the coronavirus covid-19 which brought with it its own problems of isolation uh, problems of social distancing uh, problems of uh, mutual suspicion and uh, mutual uh, of of fear uh, the primary fear is a fear of death because suddenly out of the blue we became conscious that i became conscious that i can i can actually die now think about this that we never i don't think there's anyone uh, irrespective of religion faith what not who believe that he's going to live forever nobody lives forever but uh, the consciousness that, that i might die was not top of the mind but today that consciousness is top of the mind for everybody right you go out somewhere you are saying am i wearing a mask am i washing my hands uh, i will not shake hands with anybody god forbid i will not hug anybody uh, i want to maintain the distance of of 6 feet 2 meters all of which is good all of which please continue to do but i'm just saying that this is this runs contrary to human nature we are doing that because we are forced to do that we are touchy feely people we lend a shoulder to cry for somebody right we wipe each other's tears uh, we uh, we shake hands we hug each other we kiss each other we are we, human beings are uh, creatures that need physical contact and that has been taken away from us we should not do that so please don't go ahead and do it i'm just telling you that this is something which is we are also now dealing with and that has brought about its own um its own problems uh, for us which is uh, the biggest of them is isolation and the stress the 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 uh, fear of death which seems to have come up second thing is what has also happened is that because now we are working in isolation we are doing uh, we, we are doing you know distance working uh, working from home uh, with using uh, using various kinds of apps uh, you know zoom and 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 this one which i'm using here which is uh, youtube live or whatever it is uh, one of the things that's happened is that it has also reduced our social skills so we already were we are living in a world where social skills are so critically important but very few people know them very few people have them uh, very few people 
uh, practice them we are living in a world which is which is plagued with bad manners with bad conflicts with people who do not know how to agree without being disagreeable uh, and now to add to that uh, we ended up with the uh, situation of uh, being distant from distant from people uh, and having necessary necessarily to co- to communicate only through these um, these uh, technological means which is telephone calls or email or uh, chats or or something like this which is uh, which is not really face to face but you know you, what i mean in terms of zoom and so on. so as a result of that our social skills have become are, are actually diminishing they are they're going le- becoming less and less um another thing is that with social distance also has come emotional distance that we are further away and so therefore we can't we can't comfort each other we can't express our love for each other in the way that we used to do it 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 really i i went to a funeral the other day uh, and as standing in the qabristan standing in the in the cemetery here was my friend whose father passed away and i couldn't hug him i couldn't i couldn't shake his hand i could not hug him i could not comfort him and i'm standing there you know 2 meters apart uh, in this case it was even more than that because i was i let the uh, the 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 funeral prayer the salatul janaza uh, and he's standing at a distance he's got tears in his eyes and i can't do anything about that i mean how uh, i can't tell you how painful that was for me and i'm sure it was painful for him as well but what do you do i mean there is no choice there is no alternative unfortunately so this is where uh it has it has in, enhanced and increased also this emotional uh distance that we uh, that we have um it has also given us because we are sitting in isolation and you know we are we are de- dealing with technology it's given us this false sense of instant gratification things happen immediately uh, like 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 computer games it gives you an instant feedback and it gives you a false feedback now, for example all you are doing is playing a game but it makes you feel as if you are sitting on top of the world and the king of the world i'm invincible you know nothing can touch me uh, i'm i'm uh, i'm winning and then the game gives me feedback on the screen oh wow fantastic great score wow you are a champion now obviously the game has to do that if the game tells you you are a lousy guy I mean, you know you you you're pretty worthless i mean you, you you don't even know how to play i mean no game will say that and i'm not even saying they should say that but i'm just saying that life is not instant gratification life is not that you are a champion more than likely you will never be a champion but you still will have a good satisfactory life and you will be able to live and work but you need perseverance the race does not end when you fall the race ends when you fail to get up perseverance is to get up every time you fall and the, and most people who win races uh, they win the race not because they are the fastest they win the race because they stayed in the race long enough but instant gratification computer games don't give you that now in uh, this isolation stage this is what we seem to be doing let me give you an example i mean let me ask you a question and my question is in the last 3 months how many books did you read and if you did not read according to me in the last 3 months at least 3 books and you should have probably read 6 but if you didn't even read 3 books then the question that you need to ask yourself is why because especially if you were isolated if you were sitting in one place why on earth did you not read more books than you did read so this is the kind of thing that's that's happening for us and finally very importantly it's the, also a question of uh, reducing attention spans 
Many times people tell me um, in, in my lectures and so on, they said, you know, chef, you must have a lecture which is less than 10 minutes, right? Five to 10 minutes. Uh, I, so I say, why? He said, because uh, the, the, the young generation, I mean, everything is blamed on the young generation. My experience of the young generation is that they are far better than people think they are. But anyway, uh, this young generation does not have an attention span of more than 10 minutes. So I say to them, I said, you know, in the world, uh, the reality is that winners have long attention spans. Winners are people who are able to focus on something and stay there and understand and, 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 and learn something from that and learn to use that and apply it. People, those are winners. Those are the people who succeed in life, not people who have the attention span of a goldfish. And I am therefore not talking to people with an attention span of a goldfish. So if you are somebody whose attention span is five minutes, then I'm sorry, I'm not the guy you should be listening to because I'm not going to say anything in five minutes. I'm not even interested in saying anything in five minutes. I'm interested in telling you something which is of value to you, which is worthy of the time that you spend with me and that will take more than more than five minutes and I expect you to have enough interest in yourself to spend that time to learn. I am talking to you for your benefit and if you are not interested in listening to that for more than five minutes then why am I talking to you? Now this is the also the result of our current uh, situation in terms of attention spans and in terms of technology. Now, on the upside of this, because technology also gives us huge upsides. What's the upside of this? Number one is free access, free access, absolutely without any payment, free access to huge and vast databases. Take, just take a, just take, just think about Google. I mean, that you have, in theory, you have access to the entire Google uh, database of, of Google search. Now, which means literally, I mean, quite, I know that's an exaggeration, but you could, you could literally search for absolutely anything that you want to search for. And this is where uh, machine learning uh, comes into the comes into the picture, and to some extent AI, uh, which is which is narrow AI, which is that for example one of the things I do in my religious speeches when I am doing uh, you know Juma uh, Friday lectures and so on is I am I am searching for <coughs> some of the some of the hadith of Rasulullah I am I am searching for some of the teachings of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam peace be upon him. Uh, now today it has got to a point in Google where if I just type in hadith and then I type in some of the words and that is not necessarily the words of the of that particular teaching or quote or or, or saying of his. I just want to say uh, hadith concerning neighbors concerning rights of neighbors. I don't have to do anything else. Google gives me a multiple choices of so many of the of the quotes and teachings of the Prophet ﷺ, peace be upon him, about the rights of neighbors. Now, this is what uh, this is what uh, machine learning does, uh, which is that thanks to uh, you know uh, the vast amounts of data which is available to it, uh, the, the machine learns to predict, and the machine therefore learns to, uh, within quotes, caption photographs, for example, or give me uh, give me search data of this nature which is extremely extremely convenient as far as i'm concerned so we have free access to vast databases we have the ability to acquire knowledge in almost any area there are i love photography there are so many young friends of mine who have become very good photographers uh, because they just access the uh, the knowledge uh, from 
from Google and elsewhere. So, they have become very good photographers even though they did not go to any photography school and so on and so forth, they take beautiful photographs. And this is only in one area, I mean, this is true for practically anything. That has also opened the door for multiplicity of career choices and flexibility of uh, in ways of learning. So, if I, if, if I want to learn in a particular way, I get to do that. If I, if I, if that particular way does not suit me, uh, then I can learn in any other way uh, that I want because multiple choices are available to me. Now, what must you do therefore in this uh, in this situation? Now, I, um, I I want to remind you about the quote, uh, the little short lecture of uh, Professor uh, Pathak uh, from JNU, uh, uh, which I sent you, uh, where he said that imagining or pretending. Uh, that uh, everything is just like it was uh, so-called normal uh, in these days and that all you need to do is to just continue to do what you used to do and the only difference is to see uh, which app is better to use, you know, whether you should use, um, uh, whether you should use Zoom or something else in order to impart learning. He said this would be a great disfavor and this would be completely wrong because the world has changed. The world as you and I knew it has changed. And I, be, I, want, to, I want to talk to you about this and I want to say to you that do think about this, that the world has changed, the, the entire uh, settings of the world have, world have changed. We are now living in a very different world, a, a new world and that new world forces us to think in and, and act in new ways. And that does not simply mean using a different app. It is a lot more than that. And that's why I don't want to take more of your time. We'll, uh, we'll talk more in terms of our, <coughs> in terms of our, um, uh, when we do the Q&A session and so on. But uh, for the, for the moment, I just want to say to you that do think about what is new in this world. Uh, how has the world changed? I, I mentioned to you several ways in which it has changed. I want you to think of more ways and say, what else has changed in this world and how will you uh, address that? I want to um, close with this, which is just about half an hour uh, that I have spoken to you. I think this is enough for the moment. Uh, we will go and look at the uh, at more of this in the Q&A session. And uh, I, I look forward to talking to you about that. Thank you very much for your time. Uh, Salaam Alaikum.